volume. If I'm hearing a weird feedback, but we'll figure that out in a second. Pull up that main camera. Hey, everyone. Jeremy's not on the ball. Camera. Oh, here we go. Main camera and three, two, one, done. <laughs> hey, everybody. That was a little mess up, but it's okay. It's okay. We, he's a Marine. We're working on him. Which one are we on? Are we on that one? Are we on this one? Oh, whatever. I'm not going to worry about that right now. Um, you are live. If you're watching this, we are live. Uh, Reverend Warriors 21 Gun Podcast. If and you know what, I every single time I forget to go on Instagram and tell all those people. So, do you know what? Screw you, Instagram. You don't get a little free sample and to come over right now. Damn, figured out where that sound was. It was my laptop there. Yep. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Sullivan. With me, as always, is my Reverend Warrior Sherpa, Jeremy Walton. He is a uh, co coordinator of the Raleigh Hike. You know, I was thinking uh, just the other day if something, God forbid, were to happen to you. Could I just get your twin brother to come on to take your your place? I mean, you might get a darker tone. You might get a bigger beard. Oh, he's got a beard. Uh, a little more beard. He's a man, is what you're saying? No, he has not deployed. Mm. So he has no facial damage. I thought if you wore a beard, it meant you operate. I mean, I thought that was the going rate. I'm just not a beard guy, so I guess I don't operate. Technically, I was in operations. So operations? does that make me an what? operator? I operated the aircraft. Okay. That's it. What if you're I'm a bro vet. I'm going around telling everyone I'm an operator from now on. What's up? My name's Kevin Selving. Like my operator beard. <laughs> uh, okay. If you guys are watching, obviously, on, on Facebook over at Irreverent Warriors Facebook page, what I want you to guys do is share it because the whole idea of this is to get people out of isolation. So the whole idea of all this Irreverent Warrior stuff. So what we want to do is share our thoughts, share our experiences, share our stories. And the only way to do that is to actually share it with people. So go ahead and share that right now. That would be a big help. We have a packed show tonight. I guarantee you I'm not going to get to like one-tenth of it. Uh, although one of our call-in people, one of our call-in people can't make it. So if you want to call in the show and you're watching right now, go ahead and uh, send a DM to Jeremy or just maybe put a comment on there and be like, hey, I have a big announcement. Um, it's the Marine Corps birthday. I don't know. Whatever you gotta, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, uh, just shoot him. Keep it non-political. Uh, and that's really the only rule, I guess. No nudity, <laughs> so you don't get kicked off. Oh, Lord, no uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, let him know, and then we'll we'll pop you on because we have an opening now for that. Maybe if you put know, a comment on there and be like, "Hey, I have a big announcement, man." Don't worry. Okay. If um, you notice that first video that we put on there was that not the perfect representation of 2020 thus far? Can you can you pull that up again, real quick? I sure can. Oh man, and I, I even killed it too. Right? Oh, you did. All right, never mind. It's it's some guy that's been Barcelona, and it's some guy in Barcelona sitting in a street corner or whatever, playing <laughs> Eternal Flame by I don't know the name of the band. I assume it's like here. <laughs> He's just playing the piano right there in the beginning. And the, the explosions in the background. He doesn't care. He's just sitting there playing it. Is that like when the Titanic went down? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know the whole story of that. But um, yeah, uh, if that's not a direct representation of 
2020 thus far, I don't know what is. I mean, it, we're all going down. I mean, at this point in time, we're going down in an earlier round. <laughs> and that is a music song for those of you who don't know. Yes, it's very. So I started drinking a little bit earlier for this show, um, which by which I mean Tuesday night. And it's going to be very hard. Well, here's the thing. All right. Without getting political, we don't have to get political. We don't do that. Nope. But we can say, wait a minute, this is the democracy we fought for. And we're like, what, three weeks into it now? It's like now a, a week-long thing. To Didn't they figure out the president in like 15 hours back in 1778? Pretty 1780? Yeah. I don't know when the first election was. I assume it would be. No, no, no. Uh, 1786. That's I'm going to go with that. But um, yeah, they can figure no it worries. out. And we have all this technology. We ha I mean, I'm doing a freaking TV show off a piece of two pounds of equipment to the world. We have all this technology, and they can't fucking count the votes. And it's driving me crazy. Um, again, we're not going to get into anything beyond that. It's just I think it's a little bullshit because um, we should know by now. Tonight's guest, we have Quentin Wilkinson coming on. He goes by Q. He's coming on to discuss mill spouse mental health. He unfortunately lost, lost his wife to suicide uh, earlier this year. And I think it's an important topic. Uh, the girls over, I'm sorry, the ladies over at Beyond the Service podcast there you go. got it right the first got time. It. Uh, they talk a lot about mill spouse issues. So if you're a mill spouse and you want to learn more about being a mill spouse or whatever, check out their their um, uh, podcast. But they they get into it. And I was on a hike, uh, the Raleigh Silkies hike, and I met Q. And he told me a story, and I was like, you gotta you gotta share that. And he's very very open to sharing uh, this story to as many people as he can because uh, mill spouses. I know this is a controversial thing to say, but they're part of the military too. They really are. Who who do you think's taking care of the house when you're gone? Who do you think's watching the kids when you're gone for 15 months? Who's uh, making sure the stuff is the shits together it's them uh jody. they have they have a very or jody <laughs> jody is taking care of her while she's doing that for you um but yeah they're very important and we can't really look past that i think we should do something for the marine corps birthday now i know that's that's on the 10th we typically go on a thursday which is the 12th and the next day is veterans day uh we can't do like three shows in a row but what i was thinking is like a classic get everyone all the marines out there which is like 90 percent of irreverent warriors if you want to come on the show it'll be fun we'll bring on like 10 guests at a time yeah that won't be a clusterfuck but we'll bring on a bunch of people and we'll just hang out we'll say nine o'clock maybe on tuesday uh we'll start the show and uh, i don't know i'll come up with a format something like what's your best boot camp story what's your best being a boot story what's your best deployment story what's your best time in the philippine islands whatever you want to share uh we'll talk about it. i think that'll be a good time what do you think i think it'd be a great time i mean what better stories to get from marines and you'll have a little air support from air force over here hey man, i gotta have someone up high i you know what i back in 04 i think it was 04 might have been 05 might have been 06 one of my deployments uh we were attached to the mef right the marine yeah. expeditor so basically they were doing a huge swap out and for like a month, we flew 62 Marines and their equipment into country, picked up the ones that were swapping out, flew them back day in, day night, or day in, day out, all day. I feel like I got to know the Marines pretty well uh, during that time. I would say that amount of time, if you don't get to know them, what did you do? Mm. Because when you spend that amount of time in Marines, I know Marines we, like to talk. So. We used to do this thing, right? We would take off 
and we would pretend like the loadmaster there's a, a pump on the back and if you've ever been on a c-130 the c-130 tail goes down if the motor breaks to lower the the um the ramp there's a pump and you can just do it manually but if you're flying it does nothing so what the pilot would do is he would nose over and everyone would get a little bit you know uh airborne and and uh, you know no one's no one's ever comfortable flying on a c-130 because nope. you can't see and it's just so the pilot would nose it over and the loadmaster would run over and start pumping the the thing <laughs> and then the plane would come back up again and it would stay stable and then he'd do it again won't he'd run over and start pumping it and then what he would do if whoever was sitting closest to it he'd say hey i need you to do something i gotta go up and fix something if this plane starts going over i need you to pump this as hard and fast as you can you were messing with him weren't you yep so we oh, went we would bad. nose over and that poor guy would be up there and then we would like of course he wouldn't he wouldn't level out as soon oh, so he's still so, going yeah and like then he would go too high and the loadmaster would be like too much too much <laughs> so yeah that's what we did with marines i yeah, have another colorful enough too i have another funny story this isn't story hour, but I like this one. So when we, we pick on our, our uh, uh, airmen as well, when we were in Iraq, we had a, a loadmaster. If you were a new loadmaster, you got uh, this job. And it was that the intel guy would come in and he would give him about two dozen black trash bags and a piece of tape and a marker. And he said, well, we think that there's chemical weapons in the atmosphere and we want to make sure you know, that the levels aren't too high for aviators because you guys are up there right. not on oxygen, blah, 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 blah. And so he's like, what I need you to do is when you get over in, a, in Iraq, uh, for every thousand feet of altitude you change, I want you to collect an air sample in the trash bag. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So we'd be like, yeah, great job. That's an awesome job for you, kid. And he would run around with the trash bag, tie the thing up, put a piece oh, of tape on, no. mark the time, and then the pilot would be like, uh, that was wrong. We're actually at 1,500 feet. I need you to uh, empty that out. We want to make sure at the end of the flight, he had 12 uh, trash bags you, in the back. You know what? I think there's an army video of that, of a uh, a young private trying to get exhaust samples. Mm. They're all the same. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find that for the next and, and show. Send them off to look for a, a smoke shifter oh, and all that Lord. bullshit. So, yeah, that was my little story night. Um, November 12th, which will be, so this is going to be a little backwards but it won't, but it will. So let me explain. It all works. November 12th, we are doing a, a just a regular old show here. Um, it's going to be Entrepreneur Night. So if you're an entrepreneur and you utilized one of the many benefits that are out there, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't like the benefits and you did it all on your own. Um, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, Kevin at 21 Gun, spell it out, 21gun.net, and we'll have you on. We have two uh, pretty successful entrepreneurs coming on that night uh, as our guests, but I'd love to have uh, Irreverent Warriors on there too. So if you want to do that, get in touch with me and we'll have you on now is is veterans day which is the day before that but what we're going to do is on 11 15 on sunday are you following any of this am i just talking out my ass uh, for most jarheads probably have i been drinking too much and now i'm not getting my message out there okay sunday november 15th it's going to be our veterans day celebration if you are in the area, and I don't have the I don't have the thing up, but if you're in the area over in Garner at Good Times, I guess it's a it's like a uh, it's like a, a mini arcade yeah, with like a bar arcade. and stuff like that. It's right by the house. What's that there thing? The They're always at malls. There's like a, a brand, whatever. Like it, a strip it's mall? yeah, but it's going to be outside, um, and it's going to be a Veterans Day event. So we're going to be there. We're going to set up with the table. I'll probably be there from one to three, and we're just going to go live. And if you want to hop on. Say hi, give a shout out to your irreverent warrior friends from across the country live on air. Then you can do that. Just uh, look for us. I'm going to be wearing my silkies. 
Uh, we're gonna have the big uh, Redmond Warriors flag and all that good stuff. Even if it's cold, we got this. I had a skit that I was gonna do to open this up. Well, we're gonna save it till next week because um, I'm not in a good mood. And again, we won't tell. <laughs> say why? We couldn't tell from the beginning. All right, let's talk about the Warrior of the Week. Um, can you bring him up? So, uh, I, I think I mentioned last week. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I, I, it, the story isn't what's entirely important, right? It, it doesn't have to be a Medal of Honor, a Silver Star winner. It could just be a guy that you served with. So I was on Reddit. I always go to the Reddit military site to look for um, stuff for the show. And this guy put up a picture of his grandfather. And I was like, hey, want to give me some info on him? We'll make him the Warrior of the Week. And he's like, yes, I will. So you have him up? Oh, cool. Okay. So uh, this guy is, I, I, I wanted to use him particularly because he is, the quintessential everyday warrior, right? Um, those are the old men at the grocery store. They're the 80 year old guy driving slow in traffic. You might get mad at them. You got to think, Hey, that guy might've been throwing hate in, in North Korea at one point, you know what I mean? Or, or in the jungles of Vietnam. So when you see these guys, they also could be anyone's aunts or sisters or whatever. Um, know their stories, ask them about it. Uh, if you see a guy at the, I do it all the time. I, and, and, you know, sometimes they talk, they'll tell you everything, but you see a guy wearing a Vietnam hat, you see a guy wearing a Cree hat, talk to him, find out what his, what his story is because they, um, they have a lot of stories of, of self-sacrifice. So tonight's warrior of the week is Bob Van Meter senior. Um, and, and this is out of his great grandson's words. Uh, he said, my great grandpa joined up in the military at age 16 and was in Italy with the 82nd Airborne. Nice. Uh, I worked That's awesome. I worked extensively with the 82nd Airborne out of um, Fort Bragg. Uh, at 16, this guy is throwing hate at Nazis, which is pretty awesome. Uh, well, maybe 17, right? Because he had to go through um, some training. Yeah. 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 So maybe he was 17 years old, but still you think. You're like, oh, when I was seven, when I was 17, I was car surfing, right? Yeah. I, when I was 17, I was being an idiot. We were sneaking beers. This guy was literally saving the world from Nazis. So that's just pretty awesome. Uh, he was born in Albion, Michigan. Uh, and if I can do the math, uh, let's see, we were in Italy in 1943. So I'm guessing he was born in the, the mid-1920s. He joined because his older brother had joined the military. Um, he came home. And instead of bitching and complaining about all the shit that went on in his life and what people owed him, I'm not pointing fingers, but we all know those people. He went <clears> to work <throat> at Union Steel. He built his own home. He had kids. He had a special needs child that he raised that, that passed away back in 1986. Uh, he loved hunting, fishing, all the way up to the age of 80. Um, and he liked camping. So apparently he's a really great guy. And unfortunately, God, I hate COVID. He died... Uh, just a couple weeks ago, not even two weeks ago, on October 26th from fucking COVID. Yeah. That down. Uh, whatever. This guy does all this shit and this stupid ass virus takes him out. But um, yeah. Okay. Godspeed, Warrior. And here's to the Warrior of the Week. In true Air Force fashion, I am drinking a seltzer with mm. hard seltzer. True Marine Corps fashion, hard I'm seltzer. drinking whiskey hard seltzer hard whiskey <laughs> all right i procrastinate a lot this week that's what i do i don't know if you guys do this um but i knew i had a lot of work to do to get ready for this show and i did it all about 20 minutes ago and with that said i found a genius who knows about procrastination oh, uh, we're going to bring up his video right here i have so much work i got to do tonight oh wait we might have Am to I rewind start right now no 
What happened to it? I don't know what happened. And that's because there we go. I leave the big jobs. Okay, rewind it a little bit. Yep, we got to rewind. Okay. Okay, check this out. Oh, right Jeremy. Oh, my God. Hey, if you guys are watching this, go ahead and send your hate mail to Jeremy Walton. Insanemarine69 at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go. so much work I got to do tonight. But am I going to start right now? No. I'm not going to start anytime soon. And that's because I leave the big jobs up to future me. Now, future me is the same person as present me. But a few hours have gone by. Some time has passed. And I already know what you're thinking. But Griffin, you're still the same person. Isn't future you going to want to procrastinate too? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that is, that right, is you can totally, take that totally me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know what it is about procrastinating. Even when I was in school, it was like you only get shit done at the last minute before missions, mission planning. So in, in before you fly an airplane, it's like every, I shit you not, everything to the last second is planned. Like writing out your notes. So, and what you're supposed to do as the navigator, you're like in a lot of uh, situations, you're the mission commander and you have to announce. You have to be like, right. Okay, we are going to start the mission brief in five, four, three, two, one, hack. And then the next thing would be like, okay, we're going to step out to the aircraft and you have to do that. And I don't know if maybe it's just my brain firing back from having to be oh, that maybe. so anal about time. But yeah, I find that if I, if I procrastinate, I get the shit done. Like if you get it done That's early. That's weird though. That's like, oxy it's like an oxymoron. Exactly. Exactly, but it Marines using big words. Yeah, that is. Well, you had the word moron in there, so that's why it's a marine word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, both our call-in people aren't here. If you guys want to call in, just shoot us a message and we'll bring you up. Both our call-in people didn't show, so you guys are gonna get schwacked. And I know he's gonna be watching this right now, Michael Sheldon, who I went to high school with. Yeah, I'm calling you out, buddy. Oh, son he of he had to work. Bitch. He's he's a uh, he's a trade job guy, so he gets pretty busy, but yeah, I'm calling you out, brother. The we did a lot of shout outs to the Navy last week and the Navy was going to get another shout out this week. But they didn't because I was pissed and I didn't do the skit. Don't worry, you'll get it next week. This is a very good skit. You'll enjoy it. Um, but the Royal Navy, we're going to give them a little shout out because veterans are veterans, right? Um, we had, I think, as a as a guest, we had uh, Hamidi Jazim. He's a veteran of Iraq. Uh, well, that's an Iraqi veteran. Either way I say that, it sounds like I'm saying he's an Iraq veteran. No, he's a veteran from Iraq who served in Iraq. And if you guys haven't heard his story, go back a few episodes and you'll see um, Hamidi Jazeen's. It's a four-part series. Uh, amazing story. But um, is it? are you sharing? I sure am. All right, can you bring up the video that's just a little bit down from there? I sure can. There it is. Okay, watch this shit. Going to launch. Over. Roger. Over. <laughs> I need that. And he's gone. <laughs> Just bye. It looks fake. So, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, he's going to dunk. Oh, I thought he was going to hit the water. Yo, that was. Bad. Ready to start. Over. <laughs> so, 
um, I was a part of a disabled sports program through the VA a couple years back, mm-hmm. and we were in Coronado Beach, and there was a guy using one of those that was attached to a jet ski. Oh, the ones that go in the water. Yeah, yeah, really those cool. are pretty cool. They, yeah, the jet ski sucks the water up, yep. and it shoots it out jets by your your hands. Um, those are and that, the boots too. I don't know what the shit that thing was, but <laughs> it looked like there was it's, no water. It was jet power. It was a jet pack. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to hand it to you. That's an awesome, that's an I think awesome those thing. things have like 30 minutes of flight, I think right. max, something like that. But could you imagine that's a, that's a blast. Can you imagine being like a Somali pirate and you have a ship, right? You took, o- <laughs> you took over a ship and you're like, Iron Man's coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear, and these freaking dudes come flying in. You, I, I, I just put my guns down and be like, yep, nope, I'm, done. I'm good. I, quit. I don't I'm know out. what the hell's going on, but you've got me. Or if you're the, uh, uh, us Navy SEALs. Um, all they know is they're chatting and then suddenly everybody's dead. Done. Did you see, is did it? we talk about that last week? The, the you're rescue? asking a jarhead with the TBI if he remembers what he did last week. I'm an airman with the TBI. I don't remember what I did last week. You're smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, that is true, technically. Um, but yeah, last week we had those uh, Navy SEALs that rescued. And the quote from the spokesman was, everyone was dead before they knew what happened. Which oh means, yeah, we know, did talk about that. And that's just like what they did for, um, uh, I'm picturing the actor. Yes. Uh, you know the guy. The guy had COVID like at the very beginning. Tom Hanks. He was in that yes. movie. Okay. Uh, okay. And they had him about. as a hostage in that that life raft. And then, and- then here's the amazing thing about that. This always imp- I shoot. I like to shoot. Uh, I, I've been shooting since I was a kid. I know the difficulties of shooting long distances. And these guys were on the back of an assault ship. I don't know what type. I think it's one of those. It looks like an aircraft carrier, but it's like a helicopter. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Marines the in the back, yeah. fly around and I mean, float around in them. And th- it was like four Navy SEALs, right? And they were just lined up and the, the ship is doing this. And they're the, the terrorists or I mean, the pirates are on these, this little boat, like 500 yards out with a spotlight. And they just tap them all. And they all drop. And then uh, what was the name of that guy? The the Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips is sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Everyone's dead. Gone. Pretty awesome uh, story. I love the Navy SEALs. We had a Navy SEAL on last week. What has two thumbs and operates? Navy SEALs. Oh, sorry. I was going with them. What time motion. is it? 822. We got time for another topic before we bring on our guest. Man, uh, if only well, we had somebody call in. Yeah, we'll do a serious topic. We're going to go do a serious topic. Uh, I do have video footage of the Egyptian police force uh, celebrating their graduation ceremony. And it is, we'll do it. We'll do that. We'll do that at the end. Uh, the end? Okay. We'll yeah, we'll definitely do that at the end. end. It is phenomenal. Because um, now I'm intrigued. Oh, you haven't watched it yet. I have not. Oh, I, I always save these videos for today because I want to be surprised. Think about like you've seen third world countries, right? When they when they show off their military and they're doing stuff like breaking pots over their heads and doing oh, crazy yeah. shit like that. It's like that. It's pretty awesome. Uh, news story that came out post 9-11 veterans are the most vulnerable to unemployment. Um, I don't know what this election cycle is going to do that to that whole thing. But it was weird because we had COVID and everyone lost their job, at least um, the non-essential workers. And yeah. um over September, a lot of those jobs came back, but unfortunately with the post 9-11 veterans, the numbers are continuing to drop. And I don't quite know why that is. Um, if you're struggling with unemployment right now, you shouldn't be because, and I say this pretty much in every show, if, if you say there's not a VSO to meet your needs, you're not looking hard enough. I I mean, everybody and his brother has a VSO. A lot of these uh, VSOs are getting funded and they're just, they're, they're every single one that I've ever brought on has been just a wonderful organization that's there to help you. 
Um, so I figured I would bring up some things uh, to help out our our um, uh, fellow veterans if you're uh, hurting for jobs right now. So the first place you should go is to va.gov, uh, which Jeremy brought up right now. Now, if you look here, I and and I can't remember because it's been years since I used mine. But if you didn't pay into the GI Bill, I don't I don't I don't quite know all the ins and outs. But you got to remember that the GI Bill can be for on-the-job training, uh, apprenticeships, Correct. plumbing, hotel, I mean, look at the examples they're using right there. Who's covered veterans? Um, this is, I mean, yeah, your spouses and kids can use it, but I, it's this is all about veterans. Um, you get money, so when I went to PA school, it was great because all my classmates were, you can switch back to the camera, all, all my classmates, we're freaking out every time tuition was due, right? Cause it was, I mean, it was a state school. It was like 5,000, 8,000, something like that a semester. And I went and I went to the, the military VA guy, whatever the liaison who was at the university and that was it. And then they give you a stipend. They paid my, they paid for my books. They paid for everything. Uh, it was a hell of a lot of work, but you got to remember that, right? So what you have to do is you have to make yourself that plan. Now I'll put my dad hat on. You got to look and say, okay, life. So I, here I was, I was a uh, 30 something. I think I was 32, 33. Um, I, I had been a, an officer in the air force. I had a bachelor's degree and I knew, or someone had said, Hey, why don't you go into medicine? So I'm like, all right, I'll give that a go. And I, I planned it out. I had to go entry level. Like when I say entry level, we're talking changing bedpans. We're talking wiping asses, <laughs> uh, for a good two years before I even started the school process. And that took another two and a half years. Um, so yeah, you, you, you have to know that you might eat shit or literally wipe it off of someone's ass. Uh, but as long as you make that plan and you say, okay, I can go a few years making minimum wage right. and, and doing this. Now, if you have kids, I get it. I get it. That's a different story. But there's also, you don't have to go to school for the GI Bill. You can learn a trade. You can be an apprentice. So check out the, uh, the uh, GI Bill. That's definitely one. And then there's organizations. I heard this right. one from Paul Cardenas, who was here uh, just last week. He showed last up late. week. Yep. Um, is that our, our live shot right there? That sure is. Why is it so shitty? Um, probably connection. Huh. Yeah, let's switch this up. That is a shitty shot. So that right was there. what I was saying last week. I think it's because it's plugged into this old laptop. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to get a new laptop. And in order to get new laptops, what I need you guys to do That's a good placement. <laughs> is head over. Let's switch to the main camera. Gotcha. And get yourself a 21 gun t-shirt. And get a, a 21 gun t-shirt. Um Here's another one. And these aren't, these aren't the only ones I have newer ones that I actually, it's the, if you look on the top left hand or right hand corner, it's going to be that symbol right there, which I think is a lot cooler, but there's this one. Epic segue, dude. That was you, just perfect. If you buy yourself a t-shirt, that money goes directly to this podcast and we get better equipment because we are, I mean, I'm already, we're already slowly getting better equipment. You're going to notice that, uh, as time goes by that the, um, uh, broadcast hopefully get better. So we're working on it. Okay, uh, I didn't get sidetracked there at all. So Cisco, bring up Cisco's um, and bring up. Well, maybe I should probably bring up the screen and then do it. That yeah, would be great, Jeremy. That is, that is the shittiest job, James. Shot we've ever had. I'm gonna switch over to. Okay, yeah, bring up screen. Okay, so uh, Paul Cardenas told me about this last. No, I don't know. Talent it was a few months veterans. ago. And what Cisco will do is it's a well, it's called a talent bridge for veterans. Um, it's a free job matching platform connecting veterans with Cisco's channel partner. So basically you come in, they train you up. Um, I think they pay you while they're training you. They do. Yeah. It's called the veteran talent incubation pro. Oh, I mean, there's all different ones. There's talent bridge for veterans, Cisco networking Academy, um, cyber vets USA. I mean, 
all these things are there for you guys to, and you know what, is it a shitty job? I don't know. I don't know if working on a computer all day is a shitty job, but I'll tell you what, wiping asses is kind of a shitty job. Literally. But not everything has to be a magic rainbow, right? We got to get ourselves out of the idea that life is an Instagram feed for five seconds. Life can be sucky at sometimes. And if you're unemployed, sometimes you just have to eat that shit and and do things you don't like, or it could be a really cool job. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it pays well because all my friends who are in IT, they're all freaking ballers. So it pays quite well. I actually have a couple of friends who are no longer friends and I won't go into why. <clears throat> Jeremy tried to make out with them. No, she's married. Um, oh, I was, I was just assuming it was a guy. But... friend. It ended for other reasons, but reason, they work at Cisco. Primarine has been in Cisco for, God, I'd say four or five years now and, and pay the advancement, the care they take, for females and males, I'm talking, you guys have like a full gym in there. They cater food. Yeah, that's awesome, right? That's a fantastic job. They take care of you job. guys and they pay you well. So it's not a bad thing if you're into computers programming. They also have a security program there. for. So if you work like private security type stuff, they do offer that there as well. And that's, that's cool. For the, it's for the site as well. So that's pretty cool. So check them out. There's also, um, there's uh, these ones are more, I, I like this, Operation Warfighter puts out a job. Uh, veterans or out of work veterans at the jobs at the Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security. Um, so those, you know, we, we got a lot of door kickers out there. And if that's really what you want to do, then, you know, you can head over there. Um, there's also, I love this one. It is, where is it? Where is it? Office of Wounded Warrior Transition. Oh, there's an email there. If you guys are interested in any of these programs, especially Operation Warfare or Warfighter, um, warrior, well, do you know what? I'll just put links up uh, at the end of the show. You'll see that. There's also Hero Child Rescue Corps program. This one takes, um, I believe, disabled veterans and trains you up on cyber, how to hunt down child predators, right? You know, as vets, we talk a lot about protecting our children. Mm -hmm. I think that would be perfect. I know. I think it's an awesome, I, I, part of me is like, I want to do that job. Um, I think it was also started by a, a special ops guy. But if you want to check that out, just head over to ICE.gov, ICE. Uh, in something customs enforcement something just ice yeah. ice.gov slash hero um and that program's awesome you talk about coming home at the end of the day and feeling like you did something and you took down a freaking child predator porn ring or something like that i mean that's just freaking awesome hey, that's man, awesome save those our guys. kids man that's the whole reason why i wanted to be a cop uh my whole life i want to be a cop thank god i'm not one now but i, I always wanted to be one and it dawned on me in my in my old age that I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't go into a, uh, a house and see children that are, are being, I couldn't do it. Cause I would fucking just cap the dude mind. right yeah. there. Yeah. I, and I don't know how cops do that. Um, that's off to them. Yeah. We won't go into the, you know, all the stuff that's going on with police, but man, you got to think right when shit's going down and there's a shootout, you know, what did this cop see last week? What did the cops see over the last 20 years? And yeah, the man. mental fortitude of them who can still continue to do it. That's, that's incredibly commendable. Cause to be honest, even through deployments, I don't think I could have came back and been a cop. I would have not been able to control myself to be honest. No way. And now that I'm a dad, that's, that's and not that I wouldn't be more, but now that I relate to it, Man, I am it's all over the place tonight. Man. I am all over the place. Anyone got some? Do you have ADD? No. 
what's that stuff called? Ritalin. Yeah, I mean, take a bumper riddle and try to get on track here. We can go back 18 years and I can find something. <laughs> All right. We have uh, Quentin Wilkinson that we're going to bring on. Quentin Q. Wilkinson. Hopefully his mic is working. We'll find out. Here we go. Add him to the stream. Look at all these angles we have. One, two, three, four. He's like, which one do I even talk to? Yeah, uh, talk to the good looking guy. <laughs> here, let me let me just pull you up here. Oh, man. You got that mic working too. Hell yeah, yeah, man. Nice. Oh, yeah. I was working uh, so, out while uh, you guys were talking. Sweet. Uh, we I met you over at the uh, Fayetteville hike, Silky Hike. Was that your first hike? No, I think that was like my third or fourth hike. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, so you're a, a veteran of the, the Reverend Warriors. Oh, yeah. Now, what, what service were you in? I'm in the Army. I'm currently you're in still, the Army. You're still in? You got a shaving yeah. waiver or are you an operator? Oh, uh, man, like I've been, <laughs> I haven't really been at work ever since thing, uh, everything happened. Uh, I just yeah. got back to Fort Bragg. Cause I was recruiting in Greensboro. So I still have this uh, okay. lovely beard going on right now. Nice. Well, we were just, I don't know if you heard, we were talking at the very beginning. We we're like uh, the operator beard. Oh yeah. Without um, doubt. Or some, someone, someone would call it the brovet beard. Um, I just call it, I just don't like to shave. That's what, and I don't have a chin. <laughs> Shaving sucks, man. So I, yeah, it really does. And if I shave, I then mean, suddenly I have this weak chin. This this is an artificial chin to make me look stronger and more handsome. <laughs> I mean, it works for you, man. I'm not going to lie. So. <laughs> look at that. It says it works for me. And some people who don't know me, if I shave, they're like, what the fuck happened to you? Who the hell like, are you? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I, I did that. My kids wouldn't talk to me for about. I, I kid you not for two weeks. So watch out, Quentin. I know you have two kids. You have a young kid. And uh, if they see you without your beard, it might be uh, a little traumatic for them. Yeah, so it might be. what was your job or what is your job besides? I'm a 74 Delta Seaburn guy, the guy that everybody hates, you know, makes us wear masks and stuff. That was me. Oh, oh okay. That's like, uh, what did you call it? Seaborn? Seaburn, Ken Bio, Nuke, Red. Okay. I forget what we called them in the, it was the same thing you guys called it was them. A, what did you call them? Well, it was emergency management because I did uh, three years in reserves in the Air Force prior. And back then it was emergency management. Okay. Okay. We, I think it's called chemical bio, bio, something like that. Yeah. yeah they weren't fun because they always decided to do those damn drills in the middle of the summer in North Carolina down at, uh, at Fayetteville. But um, yeah. Uh, did you deploy it all? Yeah, I've deployed a few times. Okay, where where did you serve? Uh, my first one, no one calls it, but it was like Kuwait, and then I did a couple of deployments into Africa over the past few years. Nice. I I deployed in Africa too, and it was a pretty damn cool experience. I loved, especially flying down there because it's literally the wild west of aviation, and it's just you just do what you want to do, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I loved I loved going down to Africa. Um, plus we had a, a thing that when you fly past, not fly past, when you fly through the, uh, what the frick is that line called in the middle of the globe? Why can't I think of it? The, the, equator. the equator. Thank you. You have to do so as a navigator, you have to do so, but naked in, in, in theory, cause that would be considered hazing and we don't actually haze. Yes, in the Air Force. No, definitely okay. not. Morale improvement. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jeremy just shared something with me. Sorry, uh, I wasn't prepared to read that, but um, no, me either. Well, it, it has nothing to do. So, yeah, um, equator. So yeah. So, uh, how many years you been in? Uh, fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Give or take. Yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, I, I wish I could remember the name of it. Nuclear, chemical, bio, whatever. You did that. NBC. Deployed. Yeah. 
Okay. How many, um, what has been your favorite assignment thus far? Uh, I'd probably say being at Fort Bragg was probably my most memorable and favorite assignment. Uh, is it, being is, in, uh, yeah. Tell me why. Cause Fayetteville, uh, I lived over in Southern Pines just to kind of get away from, cause, cause the army has boots too. And to get away from that whole scene, but it, it's definitely an interesting place to work. Uh, I, I, I have to say I loved working in Fort Bragg. Uh, I'm originally from North Carolina. So like I grew up in Raleigh. So just being back in Fayetteville anyway is just closer to home. Like it was right. close enough to home where I could be like, you guys can come see me, but you gotta let me know. And then there yeah. was just, I just like the area and yeah. some good people around. Um, so we have you on tonight, obviously talk about, um, mill spouse, mental health and, and issues like that. Um, I, I don't know where to start to ask you this story. So I'm just going to let you start and, and kind of get into what happened and where you are right now. Uh, well, earlier this year around like father's day, my wife, uh, committed suicide. Um, and that journey was something I don't think anybody's ever really prepared for. Right. So no, I've always, oh no. uh, I've always been a big supporter of their, their reverent warrior and, you know, the mission for that. And like, I never thought I'd be on the opposite side of it where, you know, it's not a service member that I'm responding to because I've, I've helped buddies in the past, you know, through that kind of challenge in that time. But like when it's like your actual spouse or your actually family member or whatever, uh, it was a different light on it, right? Because we always talk about like, you know, looking to your left or your right with your your battles. And uh, you kind of, sometimes we forget like that our spouses are going through some shit too, right? So yeah. like a lot of times we're like, oh, they don't understand what we're going through, right? Like they don't understand like how we feel or like the things that we go through or the people we lose or and how that affects us. But like a lot of the times, like they're right there with us and, you know, she was there through a, like a rough few years, you know, like lost a couple of people over a period of few years. And, you know, she was there for me, like through that. Uh, sure. Yeah. But, you know, like that's that's something I kind of want to reach out. And then, you know, over the time was like. It, it changed me in a little bit because, you know, just a little backstory, like I found her, uh, I walked in the house and it was just me and the baby at the time. My daughter was with her grandparents and I walked in and, you know, I found her in the bed. Right. And like you go through in that period of five to 10 seconds of seeing everything, you're doing all the things that you, you know, you know to do like checking pulses and like, you know, the way she went out, like I automatically knew, but you're still going through those, you know, steps and uh, you realize how, quick your brain wants to go to like several different answers right yeah, um, yeah. like and i'm not ashamed to say it like one of the answers was like well i'll just go out with her you know because i was just like this this isn't fair right like but i can honestly say when i wanted to go there i couldn't go there uh my kid i had my kid in the car seat in the living room because i walked in and just had this weird feeling uh, the dogs were in the crate. She always sleeps with the dogs. And I walked in and I left the baby at the door. And like, the first thing I saw was like that. And I was like, well, fuck. Right. Like, like you start doing all those things and your brain starts reacting. And, uh, the fact of where I was to where I am now, uh, is, is pretty crazy. Right. Um, 
So like where I was then, like having that split second, like, well, I just want to go out with her as opposed to now I'm like, my family's good. You know, the kids are kind of stable. Right. Uh, right. And then here I am one to reach out to a lot more people. Uh, and that's mainly the reason I wanted to be here. Sure. Was, uh, was this, did, did your wife suffer from mental health issues her entire life or was this a, an adjustment issue? Uh, do, do you know anything about the background? What, what brought her to that? Uh, there's a, there's a couple ways we can look at it. Like, um, there are a lot of things going on, uh, that one, like, I'm not going to say like our relationship was like super perfect. Right. Cause there's no relationship that's super perfect. Uh, there are a lot of things going on with work that she wasn't like happy with and all those things. And like, we had issues and we, we talked about it because she knows that I was going to school for behavioral health. Like I'm during that time, I was going to school for behavioral health with a focus on trauma. Uh, so we discussed a lot of things and then she did reach out to the mental health before, like a few days prior actually. Um, and some things just, you, you can't, I can't fathom, how long that emotional like bubble she was in to actually do it, but I can relate to it because for a split second, I felt it, you know, when I found her and like, as I'm checking her pulse and trying to do all those things, like I felt it, I felt that real deep, you know, despairing feeling. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that not, not a lot of people find the other side of. Um, I mean, obviously people do, um, but that's, that's, you know, a, a valuable, uh, I don't want to say lesson, but a valuable ex- experience in what you thought of at that time to share with, with other people that find themselves in a situation where they think there's no other option. There's no other choice. I mean, every freaking time, you know, I pull up Facebook or something, we're always, you know, learning about someone that took their life. And I, I think the biggest thing is personally, like I've never been suicidal, so I can't, I can't fathom that mindset because I do everything I can to stay alive. I don't, I don't understand it. But when you put it the way that you put it, I mean, I, and I, as you're saying, I'm trying to relate it. You know, if something happened to my wife or my kids, I think, yeah, that would be uh, one of the only situations I could find myself there. Do you, do you speak with uh, uh, other people about you know mental health? Oh yeah, so. Um... This was like, I'm not really a big person to ask for help, right? Like a lot of us aren't. Um, But like this experience required me to like really uh, put that kind of pride aside and like ask for help in like every aspect. So I reached out and talked to people that like are willing to listen, you know? And I realized that that was a big thing that kind of kept me going. Uh, And even on those moments where I really didn't have much to say and I just felt like I needed to call somebody just to hear another voice, you know what I mean? That's not a toddler, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. or, or like my teenager or whatever. And, you know, having that ability to just sit there and be like, Hey dude, let's just talk about some bullshit for a little bit. Like, I don't want to talk about anything serious. I don't really care about to talk about anything serious. Let's just talk. You know what I mean? Just let's shoot the shit. And right. a lot of times like that, that was the saving grace on top of like finding other things because, you know, when, like you said, you know, you don't think you could ever go be suicidal, right? Like I never thought I'd be suicidal either. Um, but that split moment where I did think like, well, oh, fuck it. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Like, but you know, if it wasn't for my kid, like I always say, like my kids saved my life that day. Uh, because like 
if it wasn't for the thought of like he'd just be in this apartment by himself because if i did it it'd just be him in a car seat trying to be freaking out right yeah. uh so like i had to i had to learn how to reach out to people and just talk to people about whatever and if i had a moment where i was like yo i'm two seconds from breaking down i just need someone to listen to me for a second like i reached out a lot that way um and do you i think yeah go ahead well, I was going to say, do you find who, where is your biggest support system? Is it family or is it just friends you served with, or even maybe, you know, people you grew up with that, that, you know, didn't serve with you? All right. So, uh, true story. Like the first person I called was, uh, my buddy Ray, like that was the first person I thought of, like, and then I called my family second. So, but my buddy Ray's in the military as well. He's an army guy. And, you know, we, we it's one of those things that we always try and like get civilians to understand is you know that military family that military bond is something that is unfathomable right like mm -hmm. like most people are like oh, i need to call my parents right or i need to call my brother but i was like no i need to call my other brother you know what i mean like and i called him first and he was instantly on the road and he came down with him and his wife and i can't uh i was actually talking to him about it earlier today i was like i don't know where i'd be if it wasn't for like my military family you know like a lot of people from uh, the previous unit in the CRD, like uh, their special forces group, like those dudes and those people there were probably like the best. You know, I had buddies drive in from like two hours away just to hang out for a weekend. You know, like like that military relationship is something that I will preach to the high heavens for an eternity. You know? Yeah. Um if you're if you ever watch vet tv i mean that's every single episode ends with text call get in touch with someone that you you served with and you know I, it, it doesn't have to be much you just you know with facebook man you have pretty much every contact you've ever lost you can go on there and just just send out something like hey i was just thinking about you do you remember when we did this and and you never know oh, yeah. and it also it, it just brings that connection back because one of the biggest things is you know people that are out there and they don't feel or they miss that connection of being in the military and you know they're they're at the end of a bottle and and you know they get in these moments of despair and we're not going to leave our brothers and sisters in the battlefield why would we leave them on the home front and it's Never. one of the biggest things with the reverend warriors is that we actually we we're putting the boots on the ground and getting people out and getting getting people uh involved in things so uh any other vso's or anything like that that you worked with that that has helped you actually before i get there i, I want to know what type of uh and, and i don't watch i mean i know you're active duty so you don't have to shit on any uh, uh organizations or anything like that but uh how was the uh availability or what was the availability of mental health uh, for your wife while you're, while you were in active duty, I guess you still are in active duty. So what, for male spouses, is basically what I'm asking. Well, like, uh, we were kind of in a different situation, right? So I was re in recruiting at the time. So we weren't like right next to the base. So she had to go through like a private provider or whatever. And, uh, like she made phone calls and obviously it was a different situation because we were still in the middle of COVID. Right. So like when she did the, she had her one appointment, it was via zoom or boom or whatever that you know yeah, yeah. it was on her phone right like exactly, so yep. like i've gone to behavioral health and mental health like on numerous occasions and i don't think i would have got the same comfort feeling right if i was like sitting talking to a person via like just staring at my phone just waiting for this to be over with because now i'm holding my phone and this is trash you know what i mean like yeah. so it no, was you're just exactly uh, right 
uh, I think I, I, I like to say like they did the best they could with the what they had, right? I mean, obviously there's a difference of sitting in front of somebody and then sitting on the phone and talking to someone. Uh, oh, absolutely. Luckily, she did get an appointment fairly fast when she did ask for it, um, but there's only so much you can do in those are things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, uh, I go to therapy or I, I should say used to go to therapy through the, the vet center, uh, awesome organizations. If anyone is listening, um, doesn't like going through the VA whole system there, the vet center, there's one here in Raleigh, I think pretty much everywhere has it. Um, they're phenomenal, but same thing. I mean, uh, my therapist, like the week, the week COVID happened, she moved over. I can't remember, uh, Arizona or something like that, but then I got a second therapist and it was virtual and it's just, it wasn't the same. You know, you're sitting it's in your not. room. I hear my kids in the back. You don't get into that, that separation of, okay, this is, this is my time to deconstruct what the hell's going on in my head. It, it's hard to get yourself into that. So you're right. It, it doesn't work, but I mean, we didn't know, we didn't know what was going on, uh, when this thing broke out and you know, I, I guess we had to do what we had to do we had to, to make way. So, um, tell me about the challenges of, like, I, honestly, my, my question is, where do you even begin? Like, how do you pick up the pieces and then be a single dad of a toddler and a teenager? Like, that's, if I watch my kids for a weekend, I'm losing my mind. I don't, I don't even know. I just don't know. Well, like, first of all, like, it sucks, right? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's a rough, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, at first, like, when everything happened, uh, it was just me and the toddler in the hotel you know, for about a month and a half to two months, right? Because wow. we didn't have an apartment. Um, I was in limbo as far as where I was going to be stationed at. And then, you know, like my apartment complex didn't have an apartment ready for a certain period of time. So it was really just me and a toddler, you know, for like two months in a hotel room, which I want to say like that was most definitely like the hardest part. Uh, sure, yeah. I think the thing that really helped me out was trying to maintain a routine right um as much as it sounds crazy like i went through this weird phase where i was like i don't want to be away from the baby but at the same time like yo you do you got to go somewhere you're too much right like because i'm trying to deal with whatever i'm going on inside my head on top of like wanting to keep him around because he's my my grounding rod because mm -hmm. during all that he was the only thing that kept me from probably taking like the the opposite route that I could have taken. Um, so I really just got him into daycare and then I tried to keep this routine as much as people uh, as possible. I kept him going to daycare. And then like, as soon as I dropped him to daycare, I was like, like in the gym and, uh, like I did that until my daughter came back and we were in an apartment and then slowly, but surely like everything started coming together, you know, like piece by piece, you know, I got an apartment and the baby had his own room. So I was like, okay, that's like one step down. Right. And then my daughter came back and we had a two bedroom apartment at the time. So I gave her the other bedroom and I slept on the couch and then we got our pets back. We had two dogs and a cat. So, uh, it was trying to piece everything back together slowly. Right. And then just to the mild changes. And then my compassionate reassignment came through to come back to Fort Bragg. So I started buying a house down here and then going through that phase on top of just making sure like the kids had a routine and trying to understand how that goes now like i not gonna lie I'm, i feel stressed out like more days than not you know because like yeah 
there's times where you just like you want to sit down and if you're like you know you take over you know what i mean <laughs> like take over yeah. for like five minutes i want to go take a shit you know what i mean like <laughs> but <laughs> but like you know i never realized like holding the shit until like 7 30 when the baby goes down is like a mission you know what i mean like, sure instead yeah. of like handing it over to the wife and like hey i'm gonna go take a break real quick uh luckily i got a pretty awesome teenager you know she's she steps in whenever i need her to you know but like you're trying to balance like not make her a parent but keep her a teenager right so yeah yeah trying to balance those things out is is real um interesting you know on top of like making sure that they still be kids and then me going through like whatever little separation anxiety that i might have because you go through those weird feelings like what if happens to them right like you're 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 hypersensitive to a lot of those things um but the whole single dad part like i think i'm getting it together you know what i mean like if anybody has a manual out there to like yeah i don't i don't see any fires in the background (laughs) yeah dude like i'm doing all right man like and the standard for like single dads it's super low i like i don't know if you guys know that you know what i mean like people like you fed your kid this morning they're like yeah i did they're like good you're doing you. great you know i mean you're a great dad i'm like all i gotta do is feed him and i'm winning well all right cool <laughs> nice. but you know what um did, did, is, the army have, did the army have any uh programs or anything like that to help you out during this uh yeah you know what like uh i knew nothing about it right so i had a a good friend and a mentor of mine passed from like uh brain cancer like a year ago and i was mean like my wife we were a part of that process with the friend and his wife and you know like we were a part of that but we didn't see all the services so luckily i uh when everything happened she like helped in and stepped in and like kind of handled a lot of that stuff for me because i was lost in the sauce holding the baby right so um a lot of the yeah. services that did come into play like really really did help and i you know it was something that i learned so much about it and i really didn't have to do a lot but it was you don't realize what you know grief counselors and all those things that are actually available to you right um but like i definitely i definitely would like be an advocate for a lot of those services and i think that's something that we kind of need to reach into when it's talking to soldiers about things like that soldiers marines airmen all that stuff sure i i think one of the big problems is uh you know, and I bring this up all the time is that, you know, we're warriors, we don't need this, this help. And then when you have that attitude, you go into, um, you know, some sort of therapy process, and you keep that attitude, it's not going to work, because you're putting up that wall there. But if you trust in it, like I went in, and I thought, I thought there was no way uh, I was beating the shit out of myself every day for 10 years. I'm like, there's no way I'm like, I'm going to do this, but it can't work. So I just said, I hit the I believe button and went in and it, it works. The shit really, really works if you put the time in and it sucks. It's not fun at all. And anyone's been through therapy, it's like, I would rather go, you know, do a CrossFit workout till I puke than sit 10 minutes and talk to a therapist. But it's, it's, it's important to, to, you know, trust it. Do you have any questions? I've been talking a lot. You're good, man. Um, so I've, I've not dealt with that kind of personal loss, but now that you're at a point to where you've gotten yourself settled and you've gotten to a point to where you're finally starting to get at the hang of things. What are the challenges you see now as not only a single dad, but going through that transition? Because that transition never ends for any kind of traumatic event. You know, like, uh, I think the really the hardest thing that like I'm, I foresee 
you know, is explaining to the little one, you know, like, like diving into that as he gets older. Uh, there's like, you know, most of his dads are, we, we like to take charge of all the fun stuff, right? Like yeah, the, right. the sports, you know, the, like the rough housing and all that stuff. And like realizing that uh, there's only so much nurturing, like aspects that I actually have, right? Like that maternal right. instinct, I you know, I really don't have very well, you know, like I can get him to calm down, but like, obviously, you know, there's nothing like mom's love. Right. So, and then right. like trying to explain to him who his mom was. Right. Cause like, you know, I've known his mom since we were freshmen in high school, you know, like, wow. Uh, wow. but I could never, I don't think I'll ever be able to convey the kind of person you like she really was like how awesome she was and like uh, how fun she was and like the kind of person that like, everyone that knew her really was and like how caring she was right so uh i feel like that's going to be like the hardest thing for me um in the future and then you know uh like a lot of people when you talk about it like people that are like around you know that know her they're like yo i'm mad at her right like i'm mad she did this and like i haven't reached that phase yet and i don't think i ever want to um the hardest part i have right now is you know, you have all these like milestones with the kids, right? Like I have a 15 year old who's going to turn 16 next year. And I got a toddler that's going to be two in February. Right. And like, they're both growing and experiencing like major milestones. And like, you know, you kind of want to look to your left or like send that text message or send that photo of like, yo, look what you did today or look what she did today. Or she says yeah. this and she said that. And I think those are always the hardest moments because, you know, whenever I'm gone or I was out of town, like I'll get those photos. Right. Right. You know, like, and it's, and like, I still haven't really wrapped my mind around it that she's not here. Uh, and there's some times where I just wish I could just send her that photo. So I think that's usually the hardest thing because once we get into that new phase of like normalcy, right? Like, this is my new norm now, but like, you right. still kind of want to reach back and be like, ah, hey, I, I got this photo. Look how cute this dude is. Or your daughter said something wild and, she's talking about boys and you need to talk me out of like wanting to go, you know, buy some land to bury some bodies. You know what I mean? Like you got, <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I don't have that. Right. And uh, you kind of miss that. And like, you just wonder like, am I ever going to have that again? Or like, am it, is it going to be okay? So like future relationships and future like moments with your kids is always something that's like, like drilling in the back of my head, like, and then, you know, like, am I going to screw these kids up? Like how much did this experience like really affect them? You know, even though he's a baby, like as he gets older, he's going to want to know about his mom. And then I have a teenager who like lost her mom. You know what I mean? Like at a fairly important age, you know, and that's teenage years when the mom's supposed to be there, you know? So like I always wonder, like, dude, am I going to screw these kids up even more? Like, that's usually my biggest concern and my biggest fear for the future. Uh, um, but it, just curious, was your wife active on social media? Oh yeah. And and I asked yeah. that because uh, we were talking about this just the other day, me and my wife, that we're like the first generation of parents where our kids are going to be able to go and see. I mean, shit. There's like. Fifth, no, more than that. It's like 500 hours of me just talking, right? There's videos, right. there's things of, of just mundane shit that they're going to be able to go on there and be like, oh, that's who dad was. That's who mom was. Right. Um, now, do you have access to her social media? Can you download that stuff to keep for your kids? 
I don't have access to a social media, but like on one of those real dark moments, uh, when I was in the hotel, like I happened to like go through a box when I was going to the apartment one day and I found like a hard drive that she had had that I never even knew she had that she had like photos and memories and stuff saved. But uh, she tagged me in everything because we were together for like six years. So she tagged me in all this stuff. I didn't have to post anything about the kids because she handled all that stuff. So uh I can always just go hop on our Facebook. I don't have the login stuff, but uh, I, I I do get a lot of those memories. And, you know, for a while, those memories were hard to get on and see, but now they're a lot better to see. And, you know, like I share them just so that they stay in my memories for Facebook in case, like, you know, Gabe wants to see them later. Um, but yeah, like we, we have photos, like my daughter has like a photo collage on her wall of a whole bunch of photos of the family and everything. Yeah. Well, Q, I just realized we've been talking for a half hour. Um, dude, I, I mean, I really appreciate, I'm sure everyone who's listening and watching this really, really appreciates your, your candid, uh, story there because it's gotta be hard to talk about. I mean, it hasn't even been a year yet. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's sharing these painful things. It's talking about the shit that some people don't want to talk about that actually makes the difference because, and again, man, I'm like a broken record, but I always say that, you know, it's important to share our stories because eventually someone's going to hear that and say, Hey, I, I have that same thing going on. And I thought I was the only one. And I thought I was, you know, doomed for forever and unforgivable, but it's, it's not true. Uh, there's been like, I don't know, 30 billion people on earth. We've, your experiences probably aren't that unique, even though they feel unique to you. And All right. there's someone out there, there's someone out there going through the same thing. Um, do you have any like website or social media? Where can folks reach out if they want to say whatever? Uh, so my Instagram uh, is Q underscore Wilk, uh, W I L K. Uh, if I post like, uh, like little blogs and stuff about like my journey and some of the trials that I'm having, um, I try and do like one weekly and it usually has this particular theme, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, time it's, it's usually based off of like grieving, right. Or like milestones or, you know, accepting those checkpoints and seeing how, like, accepting how well you're doing during that time, right? Because, like, a lot of times when you're living, you don't think about, like, how far you've came. You always think about how far you have to go. Um, right. But I like posting that stuff just so people can reach out and understand it's okay to talk about it uh, and continue to talk about it. You're no problems too small, you know, and I think that's a, a big stigma that we have right now is that my problem is not as big as your problem or like my problem exactly. is not worth someone to listen to. And honestly, like there's people that tell me all the time, like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going anything like going through like anything that you've gone through. And like, I always have to remind people like, yo dude, like if your problem's big for you, then it's big for you. Don't compare it to my shit. Cause to me, my shit's like phenomenally large, but like your stuff is just as large in your little world. So, you know, share it with somebody and talk to somebody, please keep reaching out and, that's why I really wanted to get out here and just show people like, yo, dude, like, it's okay to talk about it. And, you know, there's always someone that's willing to listen. And if they can't find anyone willing to listen, like hit me up. I'm down. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, you're not that far from here. If you ever want to come out and hang out during a live show, uh, we have the casting couch now. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Definitely like the casting couch. We have to <laughs> do it. There's no stains on it. Uh, oh, yet. well, we can change that. <laughs> we can change that. No big deal. Nice. All right, Q. Hey, man, I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, brother. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care.
That's, uh, that's, that's rough. I mean, God, you know, sometimes your, your mind goes there, you know, what would I do in this situation? What would I do in that situation? And, and the fact that he talked about reaching the point where he wanted to take his home, his own life. I mean, uh, so he mentioned something I thought was important. The, the big one is the blame, right? Uh, when someone kills themselves, people often get mad at them. And, and, you know, I understand that, that, that makes sense that you would be mad at them, but you have, it, it would, to me, it's like being mad at someone who had a brain tumor and died. Right. You don't understand the state of mind where someone decides that dying is the right, this is how, this is where things need to go. I mean, that, you can't comprehend it, I guess, until you're in that situation. Right. And these people are as much victims of mental health issues, which is a health issue. They are, they are victims of a health issue um, more than, you know, someone who, who, I mean, we hear it all the time. Oh, you went to, you went to mental health. Oh, you pussy. And then they kill themselves. And they're like, Oh, a person killed themselves. Pussy. It's like, well, you can't have both sides of that. Coin. No, you can't. Yeah. So yeah, that's just an important thing to talk about and to, to, you know, and, and it, it, same thing with anyone who's listening, you know, if, if you were ever in that situation at that point, even if you didn't tell anyone, you know, you were, let's say you're one day you contemplated, you didn't tell anyone. Uh, it's important to talk about that stuff. It's important to let other, cause you never freaking know. I mean, it happens and it sucks and you know, we, we can't end suicide. We can't, uh, it's just going to be one of those things in life. But if we can reach one or two people and maybe, maybe get them thinking about like, you know, his kids and, and all that. So one is better than none. Yeah. Yeah. Good story. I'm glad you came on uh, to tell us that. It's past nine. Let's go a little bit longer. Uh, okay. I, had, I had a rough week. Plus, I'm like three in. This is like, <laughs> for me, th- three cider. Or no, not ciders. What is it? <laughs> what are these seltzers. things called? Seltzers. seltzers. Three seltzers. Oh, God, they might as well be White Claws, right? They might be. These aren't White Claws. These are omission. They are gluten-free. Gluten-free lifestyle. Hashtag. Hashtag. So uh, first thing I want to tell people, I found this this video really, really interesting. Um, it's a message to junior enlisted men and women. Yeah, and women. Uh, be careful of cougars. Oh. Uh, they will eyeball you and they will drain you of life. All and of I'm, it. And I'm obviously talking about, um, well, let's take a look. Here's a video of some young fella. Do you have it up there? Yeah, I got it right here that didn't heed my where is it where's the oh i don't have the thing up let me pull it up i got it okay go ahead this fella didn't heed my advice and he was stalked by a cougar this is actually a really cool video i can't imagine i'd be shitting my pants if i was in this situation i've seen this you have check this out he walked too close to its babies ready look at that oh Oh, shit you, you, you. He's saying, you. he's saying, fuck you, right? Is that what he's yelling at him? Yeah, he's yelling, fuck Holy you. And it, it follows him for a while. Yeah, his video is like 20 minutes long. We're not going to watch the whole thing, but. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually most of the time you just make loud noise. They just kind of go away. But Yeah, you make yourself look bigger, I guess. Protecting its babies, man. That thing is going to keep coming. Here it look comes. At look at this. Oh, yeah, oh, fuck's oh. right. I. This is why you carry oh. a pistol. Even ah. while running, look at this thing. It's like, it's like, fuck you, I'm coming. No, oh. get the f- 
Go away. Imagine the claws this, on that thing. Is this up in? Go away. Is this up in like Ontario Holy. or something? He sounds like a probably. Holy. I mean, it's got the article on it. Once I bring it down. Go. 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 This no. cougar followed me, man. Then it went no. home, and I had a a fucking two four. Yeah, right. Go away, please go away. Please, oh, he's now. praying now. <laughs> I mean, even something that size, you don't go think away. it'll fuck you up, man. Some guy, mm -hmm. some guy killed scary. one with his bare hands uh, out in California. It was a mountain. This oh. might even be California. It looks kind of oh. like it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I California. Can tell you here in a second. Go away. Fast forward. See, uh, go away. I mean. It's just, following it's just following him down the trail. What would you in this situation, going, man? I go get your go get your babies. No, go you away. Go away. Listen to it. You hear? Oh, oh no, freaking dude! This guy's so lucky he's alive. No, these assholes kill you, people dude. all had the he, time. Had he turned around, that thing probably would have pounced. You think? Oh yeah. You turn your back to it, and then it, then it thinks you're running as a chase. Now, all right, you can bring that down. Are you are you allowed to? I have to look, Gosh, and I should know this as a concealed carry guy. Are you allowed to carry a pistol on? I don't think you're allowed to carry one on federal lands, right? Federal, no, but state parks you can. State Here in parks, North Carolina, lot, correct. I carry yeah, yeah. every time I go for a hike or something like that. Yeah. It says uh, Slate Canyon near Provo, wherever this is at. Provo, here's, that's Utah. Here's, what? Here's Doesn't look the like news Utah. article right here. Video follows man in Utah. Wow, Provo, Utah. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, um, I carry so. The most, most of the time when I'm carrying oh, is because what of animals. That's, that's pretty much the only reason why I carry uh, pit bulls, really pit bulls. Because <laughs> yeah. there's not many other, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate uh, from that, but uh, I'm sorry uh, if one starts charging my kid and I suppose well, any dog too. at this point in time, anything yeah, comes yeah. around my kid or myself or even my other dog, if they come around my dog, I'm going to shoot it. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, that I just I read a thing that that's actually not legal. Um, that's it's okay. Property. My dog's alive. It's property, 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 and you're not allowed to. to so is my service like dog, that. which is more protected than someone's little property. That's true. Have you ever heard of George Brett, baseball Maybe. player for? Yes. Who is he playing for? I can't remember now off the top of my head. I want to say like Milwaukee or something like that. Old school guy. Uh, one of the greatest stories I have ever heard was let's see is that the three minute one yeah yeah pull up that one right there this is one of the greatest stories i ever heard in my entire life and he kind of reminds me of like that old crusty nco because at this point he's ready to retire played for the royals no socks oh you jumped ahead accidentally oh i clicked it my bad okay listen to this i did you gotta back it up a little bit more okay right there i'll just let it play for a second I did. Went out and had a great meal, just a great fucking meal. And I had to go to the bathroom so bad in the car. I'm going to travel. Hurry up, man. I got shit. I had fucking shit in my pants. Shit I went in my pants. These, these guys are rookies. They're like, I don't know what to do. The old guy's talking to me again. When was the last time you shit your pants? But he asked. I was in Vegas a couple of years ago. Just an honest to God true story. <laughs> Staying at the Bellagio. I went over to the Mirage for dinner, met some friends of mine over there. Went to Kokomo, it's a great little steakhouse. The guy brings out some fresh crab legs. 
Jesus just came in. I got to give them to you guys. Brings, I'm eating them. Then we go play gamble a little bit. So I had a tea time early in the morning. So I said, look, I got to get going. I'm walking back to the hotel. I get three quarters of the way out of the lobby. And all of a sudden I go, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And I'm standing here like this. I got my butt pinched so fucking. I'm, I'm fucked. I can't move. All of a sudden, you know, felt all right. I went just like this. Oh, no. I had that some water crabs take off my leather jacket tied it around my waist and i'm just standing there and it's just running down my leg <laughs> got jeans on black bucks no socks oh and no. i just start fucking walking every time i'm walking something's coming out it's walking straight fucking water then to check how sick i was tell you how sick i was then i'm standing outside my car and get on my cell phone and i call the guy Larry, you won't believe this. I'm standing outside the fucking Bellagio. I can't move. I got shit everywhere. I shit all over myself. And Larry's about a 48 waist. So he brings me over a pair of pants. 48 waist. And some towels. And some towels. And so he then he comes over and he meets me. where I'm, I tell him where I'm standing. He finds the closest bathroom. When you go up the escalator, you go into the fuck. I can't get in the elevator. So he goes in. He finds the closest bathroom in the lobby of the hotel. And then I get in the escalator, and he kind of pretends like he dropped something so no one gets behind me, tells me where it is. I go in there. He goes and gets the towel all wet for me, throws it over the fucking stall. I take off all my fucking clothes, just wipe off, leave my shoes, left my shoes, my right, pants. You can take it down. That's right there, the that right is the, the George Brett shit story. If you guys have never heard the George Brett shit story, now you have. And if you're ever in a bad mood, if things have you down, you can always reach out to one of your reverent warrior friends, or you can throw in the George Brett shit story and you will, you will find that very funny. Uh, what hikes do we have coming up? Jay diggity. All right. Being the fifth today, upcoming hikes would be the 7th of November will be Los Angeles, California and Kansas city, Missouri. I've got a friend who's actually going to that hike. Natasha Valerio served in the Marine Corps with her. We were in Fallujah together. If you see her, take care of her. If you don't, I'm gonna kick your ass. November 14th is Fort Worth, Texas. November 21st, San Antonio, Texas. December 5th is Las Vegas, Nevada and Milford, Mass. And the final hike of the year, which I know everybody's looking forward to, is Key West, Florida. That's a hell of a hike. If you can make it down there, mm, never go wrong. I like how there's back-to-back -back, <clears throat> back -back, uh, hikes down in Texas. What? Right? Texas. Why does that sound familiar? <gasps> we'll see. Uh I guess to end it off, to to I I got nothing else. Um, to end it off, we will play the remix. It's only about thirty seconds uh, of George Brett's shit story. And uh, have you ever um, here pull up pull up on the yep. the notes? It should be the second one under George Brett yep, right there. there There's a meme going around where they say war. You know this one? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Let me bring it up. Let me bring up the cam first, and then I'll go right into it. I shit my pants last night. Here you go. I did. Felt all right. I went just like this. Water. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, That's guys. Pull up that last camera. All right, guys, head over to 21gun.net. Spell it out, 21gun.net for everything 21gun. Buy a T-shirt. Help us get something that so it doesn't freaking suck and lag and all that. So we need equipment to make this awesome. Um, buy a T-shirt or join the Patreon. That would be pretty awesome, too. Head to a Reverend Warriors hike. 
call, text, reach out to a friend you served with. Um, I think that's all I have. Uh, next week, a Marine Corps birthday special on Tuesday. Um, if you're not already <laughs> shit-faced on the floor, uh, send me a DM. We'll get you on the show. The next episode is on the 12th, whatever. It's going to be a typical episode. Uh, and then on the 15th, if you're in Raleigh, head over to um, Good Times in Garner between 1 and 5. We're going to be there. At least I'm going to be there one between 1 and 3 um, and give a shout-out to everyone. That is all we have this week. Um, I actually got two quick things before we sign off real quick. Oh. So we, since we are partnered with Grunt Style, Grunt Style has a new T-shirt specifically for Reverend Warriors that are on their site. If you go on there, look up Reverend Warriors for a partner and you'll come up with a brand new t-shirt. Look that up as well as for those who are in the Raleigh, Fayetteville, et cetera area, basically those who are around Raleigh, November 14th from six to 11, I believe we, we will all be at drive shack having a good old time. So if you, if you know about that, go onto the website page on the, on the Facebook through the Raleigh or Fayetteville group, and you can find the sign up. Awesome guys. Uh, we will see you Tuesday night. Take care.